you are now listening to the Moonchild. It's Thursday afternoon, three thirty. Feeling good. Just got a haircut. Kings play tonight at seven versus the Heat, who is coming off of a back-to-back. We're gonna see how these next two or three games go. Um, it's an interesting night. There's only three games for the NBA, and it's the Kings versus Heat. Bucks versus Raptors, and of course the big one, Nets versus Lakers. The Kings are on a four-game losing streak. I didn't have, to, I don't have too much to say after that Brooklyn game. Um, it wasn't fun to watch at that third, at that third quarter when they went on that twenty and zero run. But we're just playing against great players. Great players doing amazing things, and you know, I've just had to lower my expectations a little bit for this team. But right as far as right now, we're getting hit with the injury bug. Metu is out. Barnes, Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes is questionable. And it's going to be interesting to see who are the next guys that's going to step up. And I got three guys that I'm watching, um, mainly tonight especially. Three guys is... Marvin Bagley, he's going to start at that center role, probably with Rashawn Holmes being out. If he's questionable, I think he's going to be out. Harrison Barnes hasn't been the same these past three games, and he's been dealing with the injury that just came out. And Metu was unfairly injured. He broke his wrist from that stupid Jonas Valachunas play. I don't know if I feel like he should get a suspension, because in a way, I mean, Metu did have his legs on him. Because um, if we're being real, you know, if you put yourself into Jonas Valachunas's shoes right there. You're kind of doing the same thing as somebody just kind of has their legs and their nuts on you like that. So I'm not going to hold him for that reaction. So I don't know. I don't think he's going to... Well, he didn't get a suspension. I don't necessarily think he deserves a suspension. So it's just unfortunate. Metsu is not our main rotation guy, but I would love to have him out there. He doesn't deserve to be injured. But he kind of hang on the rim a little bit too long for my liking. So I understand. I'm not going to be too biased here. He should not be suspended. So it is what it is right there. But I'm looking at the guys who's going to step up, and that's Marvin Bagley. I want to see what Daquan Jeffries has for us. They, he was injured and kept hearing Luke Walton talk about he's going to be back. He's going to help us out. He started um, against the Grizzlies, and he wasn't doing that great. So we're going to have to see what he does as Harrison Barnes is going to be out, and I want to see who can fill that Harrison Barnes role. I want to see Robert Woodward come from the G League and play and give him some minutes, but he's still in the G League developing, and I think that's best for him. Let him build his confidence, and he'll be ready. And I would like to see Tyrese take that next step. I'm watching Anthony Edwards, who I'll get into later. Um, kind of start getting, you know, having big games. You know, kind of start overtaking Tyrese's spot at that second of the rookie of the year race because Anthony Edwards is showing a lot of talent and I'm going to need Tyrese to start having some big games. But he's been kind of held back by the minutes or getting starting opportunities consistently. But we'll see how he does as Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes is out. And that's more that's more shots for him. He's going to have to make more plays. So that's far as far as the injury bug is hitting us. We haven't had, we actually been doing really good with injuries all year we haven't had too many injuries we've been very durable um having have guys missing too many games but it's starting to hit us now 
And, you know, we just got to be grateful that we haven't had no guys miss games to coronavirus knocking on wood. So, as far as this team goes, I guys got to lower my expectations a little bit as we are on this four-game losing streak. I talked about on the last episode, you know, about the just inconsistency. And it's just unbearable to watch sometimes. And I, if we're going to be inconsistent with wins and losses, that's fine. Okay? Um, I want a competitive spirit. As far as wins and losses go, I don't care about that. It's how we are losing and how we are winning games. And when we win games, it's because, like, when we were on that 7 out of when winning the 7 out of 8, even when we lost to Philly or when we lost to Miami, those were good losses. We were competitive. We were playing good basketball. But I don't want to see where we're just playing soft and it looks unmotivated. We're not moving the ball. We're taking bad shots, just bad, bad brand of basketball. That's what I don't like to see. I want to see competitive basketball. If I want to put in things in perspective, I see the Oklahoma City Thunder. They compete. Not always leading to wins and losses, but you're seeing that they're competing on a nightly basis. Lately, the Pistons competing. The Grizzlies are always competing. I want to see just a competitive nature. So, because I understand, I'm starting to understand that this team is just not deep at all with, with depth and just mentality. The fact that we... Because I don't like playing Corey Joseph. I don't like when they play Corey Joseph. But he brings a dog in him. He plays it with an aggression that the rest of the team doesn't have. So he has to be on the court. And he's a vet. Um, but if Corey Joseph is one of your seven, if, if Corey Joseph is your seventh or sixth man, um, there's not very good things that's going on. So as far as, we'll, we'll, as, far as tonight, you know, we're going to have to see what happens tonight because then tonight you never know what can happen the kings can just show amazing basketball i get excited and maybe we're on to something because we do have a superstar in fox as i always say and a, a future star in tyrese but then we can just come out and play bad basketball so who knows but i'm gonna start lowering my expectations a little bit because there's lots of we, that we can do but i don't care about wins and losses i care about good basketball and com a competitive spirit just going out there and laying it out there every on a night-to-night -night basis you know what i'm saying i want to see the team play hard i want to see the team want to win i want to see them look motivated look look like they want to be there you know what i'm saying so i know it's hard without the fans and all that stuff but you can just see it. it's, it's different body languages you, if you ever get a chance watch the oklahoma city thunder play basketball they play with a lot they play a lot more inspired i want to see the team play inspired that has to do with the coach a little bit but that also has to do with the players there's a lot of things that I feel like the coach is not control of as far as their mentality. This is not, it's basketball. It's not like football where it's such a schematic game. You know, you're, it's, it's such, you have a lot more freedom. You have a lot more control of what goes on in the court than you do when you're on the field when it comes like football or when you're on baseball. You know what I'm saying? You have a lot more control in basketball um, and it's things that can't be coached. The things that can't be coached is somebody's will, somebody's want, you know. Um, I feel like turnovers is one thing. Like, okay, you can fix turnovers. Like, you know, you get turnover, okay. But you cannot fix somebody that's not hustling back on defense, not hustling to loose ball, not closing out hard. Shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Getting extra rebounds. It's a little stuff like that. And we got to play more inspired and play with more dog. You know, the only guys I think that, that has that dog in them is Fox. He's starting to show that dog in him because he's a killer. 
and Rashawn Holmes, of course, but he gets picked on by every fucking center, and nobody else, really, we're kind of soft, I ain't gonna lie, this team's, this team's kind of soft, we're missing Kent Bazemore from last year, who I was just watching ball out for the Warriors last night, so we're gonna see how this goes, we're gonna see how we bounce back off of the the loss versus Brooklyn, they had two days off, we'll see how they come against the Heat, the Heat just came off of an overtime game, not, overtime game last night, so you have to take advantage, have to. So, as far as the Kings, we'll see what happens tonight. I would like to talk about some rookies that are opening my eyes. Sadiq Bey is one. Uh, I just want I'm gonna make this a little short, but here's the you know Sadiq Bey. He's there's something about Villanova. Uh, guys that come out of Villanova that just they have guys that any team would want. They can fit in the role. They're team players, and they make winning plays. They make winning plays. Sadiq Bey is averaging nine points, three rebounds in twenty minutes, shooting forty-one percent from three. Okay, yeah, he's it's a stats. He's shooting a high three-point percentage. Sure, he's a great shooter, but it's the other things he do defensively, being in the right position, going to get rebounds, spacing out the floor, making sure a team has spacing, knocking down the shots. Getting deflections, getting steals, being in the right position, just making winning plays. You know what I'm saying? Being there defensively, communicating. I'm watching it. I'm seeing what the Pistons is doing over there. Playing inspiring basketball. Hustling, laying on laying it out every night. And that's what I'm seeing from Sadiq Bay. And his numbers are starting to show um about his play. Because he's not like the most talented. He's just a smart player who makes winning plays. And that's all you can ask for from a lot of guys. Anthony, um, the two rookies from Grizzlies is the guys that I like to shine light on. You got Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain. They're putting up, you know, average numbers as role players. Tillman with eight points, five rebounds in 21 minutes a game. And you got Desmond Bain averaging 10 points, and he's 48% from three. He missed a couple games. But they're experienced college guys that came in, and they're making winning plays off the bench when they're asked to do so. So that's seeing those rookies and seeing some of the vets, two, three, or four-year players on the Kings not match the same energy as those, some of those rookies, that's where my frustration is coming from. But Xavier Tillman, Desmond Bain, um, the Grizzlies did a really good job in the draft. I like those rookies a lot. I like Sadiq Bey. And let's talk about Anthony Edwards. The dude is talented, man. Um, he's going to be averaging 25 to 30 in this league easily once he figures out the nuances and gets his fundamentals right. And once he learns, like basically once he learns the game, because he has all the talent, like explosively, he is a problem. And he's just built different. 6'5", 225, like you do not want to be his way going to the basket. And he's only 19 or 20 years old. If you ask me my rookie of the year rankings right now, you know, as far as late in this month, I feel like Anthony Edwards might get rookie of the month. And I hate to say that because Tyrese Halliburton, he's been good. He's been consistent. Tyrese Halliburton has been consistent. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He's been putting up 12 and 5 on 50, 44, 82. But Anthony Edwards, been having, but we haven't had so many big games 
as in as far as lately compared to LaMelo and Anthony Edwards. So, I mean, I think the media, of course, I would say Tyrese is still second in the race, but he's not going to win Rookie of the Month. I think that's going to get Anthony Edwards for the Rookie of the Month. But I think Tyrese is still second as far as Rookie of the Year, but LaMelo is still on a, not another level, but he's ahead. He's for sure ahead. Um, he's just instincts. He got he got it all. He's a generational talent. Um, he's everything what we want to be Lonzo, Lonzo to be, but more. He's six seven. He has the length. He has an IQ. He's gonna be able to hold his own on defense, but offensively, he's just magic with the ball in his hands. Just magic. So it's Tyrese. I just we need Tyrese to get that opportunity. So Luke needs to make that happen. But yeah, the rookies: Sadiq Bay, Anthony Edwards. Um, Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bay. Everybody knows Anthony Edwards, but if you guys get a chance to watch Sadiq Bay or Xavier Tillman or Desmond Bain, watch these rookies. They play like they playing like some solid role players. You know what I'm saying? They're really helping their teams out. And as far as these last two days, I've been watching some basketball, and three guys specifically has just been like having me. When I'm watching, I'm just like, God damn, like. Jeez, like this is crazy. Like just making me squint my face and like, oh my god, like it's just this NBA season is so good. There's so many great players. Um these three guys are not gonna get MVP. I just wanna get a little breakdown on them on what what they're what they're what I'm seeing from them on the court and like the situation of their team a little bit. Cause it's it's interesting in all three of these situations. So the first player I want to talk about, and when you're talking about the last five minutes. It's his time. He's definitely the one of the greatest to do it. Top five when it comes to clutch time. It's Damian Lillard. And what the Trailblazers are doing right now, that the fact that they're fourth in the West right now without C.J. McCollum and Nurkic right now is amazing. Gary Trent is stepping up. Nasir Little has been pretty good as well. Robert Covington has finally picked it up. Melo has been an invaluable option. And Cancer has stepped up. But most importantly... They're led by the best leader in the NBA and Damian Lillard, man. And what's crazy, they need I, I don't even agree with their coach. Like, I think Terry Stotts is an overrated coach. I get so annoyed watching Portland play something because they just run 30,000 pick and rolls. Like, they can't he can't find no other way to, you know, use Dame without putting so much usage on him. Like, I would love to see some off-ball Dame action. Like, why not put him in a position where you can get an easier shot? But He's just letting Dame do pick and rolls all day, and Dame's like, fuck it, I'll still do it anyway. Dame just is just a master on that pick and roll, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, we say Chris Paul or John Stockton, Dame is on that level. Uh, he's just, he's averaging 30, 8 assists, 45% from the field, 38% from the three. With all that defensive attention, with no Nurkic, no CJ to be doing what he's doing, they're on a six-game winning streak. It's just amazing. And he's like a 6'3 guard. It's not the most athletic. Dame is pretty athletic. Let me not get twisted. But 6'3 guard just so skillful. And what, what what tricks me out about him is when he playing is he's always square to the basket. And I, when I was growing up playing basketball, I always wanted to know how Dame just is always squared to the basket. He's always at a good angle. He is so good with his angles going to the basket. He's always, and his body is always right in the right position. So and he, he comes off the screen so tight, he can shoot it from deep, shoot the mid-range, take it to the rack, makes the right passes every time. It's just, he's so dominant. He's just so dominant when he could put the, 
he can you can put the ball in his hands and expect him to make a play every single time, especially down the stretch. So what Dame and the Trailblazers are doing is special. Um, as y'all know, I had Trailblazers being the number one seed, and I had Dame being my MVP. But Dame's probably not going to get MVP unless he can get the Blazers to that number one seed, which is still time to. But I don't know what the way that the Jazz is rolling. Maybe get him to number two seed. But I had him being my MVP, and I thought Trailblazers would make some real noise as far as the regular season goes this season. And um, they started off a little slow, I and mean, they got hit with the injury bug a lot. Um, but he's still willing them in. And as far as MVP go, he's definitely top. He's top five, but it's so hard. You got LeBron, you got you got Joel, you got Jokic. Um, Dame would for sure would be top five, I would believe. But you got KD as well. But KD's been missing so many games, so I can put Dame over KD. Um, only guy that I'll have on Dame's level is Curry, and that's another guy I wanted to get into for my hometown team. My mom lives literally lives like five. Two minutes away from Chase Arena. Uh, what Steph Curry is doing is amazing. Now, if you ask me from 2017 through 2019, I'm here for a whole Warriors slander. But I always had respect for Steph Curry. I just had an issue with KD and how the team was formed. I wasn't a fan of that team. Like, yeah, they're playing amazing basketball, which is expected. And they're winning. All right. But I didn't want to see. I like to see competitiveness i like to see teams with a chance and i knew when kd went to the to play with steph curry the greatest shooter of all time it would be impossible to beat and that's what they proved that it was but people think that steph curry couldn't do it without kd or all that so-called help people need to get it right steph curry whatever you know we all know the warrior system it's curry curry was the franchise clay and draymond is part of that franchise too they're just as big as pieces, but they're not bigger than Curry. We know his impact. He's the biggest. He changed the game, and he doesn't have no clay right now. Um, and the Warriors. It's it's so funny because I'm growing up going to the games. They built this culture where they know, like, what it takes to take a You know, they know what it takes to win a championship. Like, they had their seventy-three and nine team. That technically wasn't enough for them. You know, it was still hard to win the title that year um and then you know they had still win their rings with kd in them they know what it takes so with clay being out they know that they don't have enough to win a championship it's weird how they're just coasting you know steph curry doing his thing you know just winning some big games they're gonna make the playoffs but they don't they know that they're not winning a championship it's gonna be interesting what they do in the offseason because they're holding the minnesota's pick um but they just look like they haven't steph curry look like he just having fun right now i just hope he stay healthy and it's just been amazing to watch. He's putting up 30 a game, getting six assists, he's shooting 49, damn near 50% from the field, which is his uh, second best. And his best was when it was 51%, I believe. And that was his MVP season. 52% was his MVP season. And it's, he's at 49%, um, percent, but it's like 49.9%. So I would round it up to 50% from the field. And he's shooting 41% from three-point line. Like, y'all don't understand. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you understand. If you watch the Warriors play, like, you know how much defensive attention that Steph Curry's getting, how much mileage he's putting on his body, constantly being chased. Because every ga coach's game plan, when you're playing against that motherfucker, is to not let him shoot. You don't want to do everything you can 
to not let him shoot. Yeah, he's, he's still run off all these screens, but these shots don't come open for him, and he's shooting that 41%. That's just insane. It's insane. As a 6'3 guard who's not that athletic, it's insane. You just got to appreciate greatness when you see it. And that's what I'm doing, and I'm seeing a lot of greatness from a lot of players. And Steph Curry and Damian Lillard is going to be some point guards that I'm going to be able to tell my kids about because these are legends and Hall of Famers in the making that we're watching right now. And I think we should just appreciate it with all the stars that we got right now. But as far as the next upcoming star, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. And he been fucking up my team as well. And that is Zion Williamson. Oh, my God. I don't care about his numbers. I really don't. And if you want to talk about his numbers, they're amazing. He's averaging 24 points, 7 rebounds on 60% shooting. But I don't even care about that, no matter how insane that is. He's shooting 60% from the field, no big deal. Lead the league in points in the paint, no big deal. Just to sit there and watch him as a 20-year-old. His birthday is July 7th, born in 2000. My birthday is July 4th, born in 2000. What he is doing to grown men on a nightly basis when he's going up to the rim. How he overpowers defenders. Grown-ass men. Is is amazing to watch. And he doesn't settle either. He doesn't settle for none of it. If he's, he's a one-on-one, if Zion sees a one-on-one, he's taking it. And he knows and he's playing with that mentality. You can see it on his face that nobody can guard him. You're not going to see Zion have too many uh, off nights. I don't even see LeBron have like a straight off night where he's going like 5 for 17. You know why? Because he can overpower anybody going to the basket. Zion is doing that and he's about 270. He's 280. Probably lost some weight a little bit. He's 20 years old, he's just overpowering, and you cannot stop him one-on-one when he is in that paint. You cannot. You just got to hope he miss. And he's drawing so many fouls. He's shooting pretty well from the free throw line. Could be better, but it's not as bad as he's not shooting no 58%. Like He's at 71%. That's average, and he's pretty sure he can get that up. Fox is shooting around the same thing. They both need to get a little bit better than that, but they're drawing fouls. Zion is just, oh, my God. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. He's the modern-day Charles Barkley times two, probably. And it's interesting with that team. Um, they have a shitload of draft picks from that AD trade, right? And he has a number. At, at the beginning of the season, they were running through Brandon Ingram. They started running through Zion lately, and that seems to be the the better plan. Hopefully, you know, Brandon Ingram can adjust and still maintain his level of play, kind of being the second guy, but... If I'm the coach of the Pelicans, if I'm Jeff Van Gundy, I'm just, I'm trying to go through Zion as much as possible because ain't nobody stopping that man in the paint. He's getting easy buckets for himself down there. But they have Brandon Ingram as well under contract. Um, and he, Zion's doing this with not like the most spacing. Like he's playing alongside Steven Adams. So that hasn't shown to be a problem for him. He's been being able to dish the ball a lot better or a lot more now. He has... He has the instincts. Zion's instincts is just, it's there. That's a generational talent. And he's everything that I thought he would be. He's like a modern-day Charles Barkley. This dude's unstoppable down there. And he's doing it to grow men, no matter what level it is. And his athletic, we already know about his athleticism. It's just unreal. It's something that you got to appreciate. I really hope he's healthy. That's a guy that I love watching. He's, in this modern day where we're shooting a bunch of three, 
he taking he taking everybody to the paint, getting those easy money, going strong. You just gotta respect it. <laughs> just gotta respect it. And that Pelicans team, they're a little interesting. Um, with Lonzo, I think they need to get some value from Lonzo because I don't think they're gonna pay him. Might as well get something for him. You have hella draft picks. You got Kyra Lewis and you got Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, I think they're gonna trade away JJ Redick before the deadline, get him a chance to compete somewhere because they're not ready yet. Um, they need they need they need a defensive weapon, kind of like the Kings, kind of kind of in similar places because we are. Um, Zion is the power is the power forward version of De'Aaron Fox. Believe it or not, they both lead the point lead the um, their position in points in the paint. Lefties unstoppable on one on one. This is just unstoppable. A little bit different ways. Fox is just faster than everybody. Zion's just bigger and have more athletic than everybody. But they, um, the way that the Pelicans are kind of going around their guy, like the way that Pelicans has been using Zion is how kind of how we've been using Fox a little bit. It's just that Fox is the point guard. But as far as the rest of the roster, um, they have a lot of picks. I think they need a they need a defensive weapon. They need a defensive weapon. If they can get as many 3 and D players as possible to pair up with Zion, they will be solid. And then you got a guy like Brandon Ingram who can tr get his own shot at any time. They got a good thing going on. I got to respect it because Zion, man, he's, he's the real deal. He's going to be top five soon. Just to imagine what, what it will be like when he gets his grown man strength at 25 or something like that. It's just scary. So I just hope he stay healthy. Keep doing what you're doing. I love watching good basketball at the end of the day. And He's been playing some really good basketball, so you love to see it. You love to see it, and you love to see um, a guy like that, you know, very similar to LeBron's case, just defeat the odds. You know, everybody, the hype on Zion was ridiculous, like it was LeBron. So if Zion can, you know, live up and exceed the hype like LeBron did, that's just something you got to respect. And that's something I will always respect LeBron for, for exceeding that type of hype that he came in with, exceeding it way past I mean, people have probably had the craziest expectations. He still surpassed that. So, just got to respect it. And, yeah, that's what I'm going to get to for NBA today. I uh, also want to talk about a little bit Niners situation. That's been kind of, you know, thrown upon me. You know, I'm, it's almost draft season. And I kind of want to, you know, give you all my, some of my suggestions of things that the Niners should do. So, as we know, Carson Wentz today was traded to the Colts. Matt Stafford to the Rams. Not worried about the Rams, but Colts can be Super Bowl contenders now. They got Carson Wentz, who, you know, was fucking terrible last year. But if you go back to his 2017 year that people, you know, that's that's probably like one of the best, biggest theories and shit like that. One of the biggest, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um... I can't believe I'm forgetting the word. I'm not thinking straight right now. But it's one of the biggest what ifs. You know, what if he never got injured? Would they still went to the Super Bowl and stuff? That that was Philly's football version of D Rose getting injured right there. So cause he was on he was on track to win MVP, and he was had the best record in the league and probably lead to the Super Bowl and win MVP in his second season. So we're seeing some special shit right there. But his offensive coordinator, his coach, um, it was Mark Ritt. Mark Wright, and he's the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. They have, if you look at that Philly offensive line where they had Jason Peters, 
Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, and Jason Kelsey on that point. That O-line was stacked. And he's kind of going to a similar situation in Indianapolis where they got the best guard in probably decades. Generational talent guard in Quentin Nelson. Um, Kelly, I believe, and Kenton Nazo. They, they have a solid, solid, solid O-line. Um, and with weapons, a good running game, a great defense. So Colts is going to be a problem. They're definitely the favorites of the AFC South for sure. I think they can be a number two or number three seed easily. Maybe even go for that number one. Actually, that division is pretty easy. The only competition that they got is the, is the Titans. Um, we already know the Texans situation. I don't see the Jaguars really being a threat to them in Trevor Lawrence's first year. So Colts is going to have something special. But as far as the Niners QB situation, that means Carson Wentz is gone. Matthew Stafford is gone. We're not getting one of those quarterbacks. I don't want Matt Ryan. Definitely don't want no fucking Kirk Cousins. Miss me with that. Um, but I think the best situation is get a young quarterback and keep Jimmy and see how far Jimmy could take us. Like a Kansas City situation where they took Mahomes. They seen how far Alex Smith took him. Didn't got him to the playoffs. Didn't win nothing in the playoffs. Trade him away and then go with your young guy as your young guy learned from a veteran all of his first year. And... I think there's two guys in mind. I think that's realistic. That's actually realistic because if you ask me who I want, I want Zach Wilson. Of course, I want Zach Wilson, but I don't think he's leaving the top three. Uh, I would love to draft Trey Lance. I would love to draft Trey Lance because I'm looking at his highlights, North Dakota State, and he ran a pro offense. He's doing a lot of play actions with the fullback in, rolling out, throwing to the tight end, play action, throwing deep. And he was a freshman, a redshirt freshman, I believe. And he threw 42 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I don't care what level you're playing on to not throw a single pick. That's amazing. In a pro-style offense, because he's not just doing, you know, all the, the um, you know, pistol every single time or shotgun every single time. He's... Getting under center, like a pro QB. 6'3", like around 220, I think, 225. Um, he can run. He got, he runs the ball like a running back. He runs it like Jalen Hurts. You're talking about how he carries the ball, how he runs it. He runs it like Jalen Hurts, but then he has that arm and he throws it. He has all the arm power. He has the zip. I think he got it all. And I think with the right coach and um, – Kyle Shanahan, who's top five for sure. You get Kyle Shanahan a talent like that, I think we're solid. Let him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo because I don't like to put disrespect on Jimmy Garoppolo's name. The reason it's so hard on him is because of the division that we're in with the QBs that in the division when you're dealing with Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, you know, twice a year. It's difficult. But um, he gets injured too much, and that's what we know. But he did bring us to the Super Bowl. So, if, you know, he should be the starter for next season. And if we can draft a guy like Trey Lance, let him sit. Jimmy wins us a Super Bowl, we win. And we could probably still trade him and then move on to Trey Lance as our future quarterback. Or if he wins the Super Bowl, maybe keep him. If he loses in the playoffs, his trade value is going to be high. Like, if he gets us to the playoffs, his value is going to be high. We can get some good thing in return while we have Trey Lance learning and being the next guy. Because as far as talent go. Trey Lance is much more talented. 
So that that's that's what that's the dream scenario. We draft at twelve, um, or I would love to bring Sam Darnold in and be a backup for Jimmy. But I don't want unless it's Deshaun Watson. I don't want no other like veteran QB. I want a young QB, and we can keep Jimmy as our our veteran QB because I don't think there's any better options as as far as available veteran QB that's on the market. That's better than Jimmy. And I don't like Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. No, you know what I'm saying. I wouldn't take Ryan Tannehill. I'd rather just keep Jimmy. Jimmy drives to the Super Bowl. Let's be real. But if you're telling me that I'm gonna get an Aaron Rodgers, a, a freaking Deshaun Watson, then you know, goodbye, Jimmy. Go have fun in Texas or something like that. But Jimmy has brought us to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Can he? Unless we're getting a significant upgrade, there's no reason to move off of him. Um, but I would like to give him some competition because he has been very injury prone. We definitely need some better insurance than Nick Mullins, Nick Turnover. Ugh. The thing about Nick Mullins I can't forgive him about is that we went 1-3 versus the NFC East. And that will haunt me for a minute. So I couldn't get over that. And we lost because of him, because of his turnovers. Can't do that. So Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. I would love to have those guys as Niner. If we don't draft the quarterback at all with that pick, some guys I've been looking at is actually I like Caleb Farley that corner from from Virginia Tech he, yeah he's lengthy he's like 6'1 or 6'2 he wants to guard the number one receiver so I think he'll be good to have you know if he can tell me if he can be a number one corner because we got to deal with Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins and Cooper Cup Robert Woods we definitely need a number one corner because Sherman already said that he's not coming back I hope we bring Verrett back but we definitely need a corner of a future, hopefully, you know, uh, all-pro talent. Or if we don't want to go corner, um, I like the guard from Ohio State, solid guard, Wyatt Davis. Um, not, I don't, I don't know too much about O-Lyman, but they say he's the best guard in the draft. Um, he's definitely a first-round talent. Teams don't like to reach on guards. We do need some more interior linemen help. I wouldn't hurt to get one. And... Getting the best guard in the draft. I, he's the best guard in the draft, as the O-line experts say. So I wouldn't mind getting him. That would be the boring pick, but I think that would be a safe pick. Or, if we want to get creative, we should get Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is a 6'4". And I wouldn't even say he's a tight end. They're like kind of listing him as a weapon. Because at Florida, he's a menace 6'4". Um, he's basically a wide receiver. But he's also tied in. He also blocks. He can be so dynamic. And that can be somebody that Kyle Shanahan can get super creative with. We can have double tight ends with Kelsey. Or we can have him on. We can have um, Pitts on the outside and be that 6'4. You know, he's a, he can be a red zone threat. He's a big body. So have a threat like that while we have still have Debo and still have Ayuk. Having Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and Kyle Pitts. Woo! 